Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? We've made it to Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Super Talk TV, and of course, on your Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, you want to get in on the action this weekend? Well, there are lots of ways you can do that at Pearl River Resort, including at the Sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino. Of course, table games are what you're looking for. Slot machines, they've got it all at Golden Moon. Visit PearlRiverResort.com or... Do one better than that. Just visit Pearl River Resort. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love to hear from you this afternoon on the C Spire text line. That number is 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Backed by world-class IT professionals who live, well, same place we do. Right here in C Spire country. Cspire.com slash business for more information. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Michael Borky is in Jackson. Brian Haydad is in Starkville. And I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma today. So we are uh, spread out a little bit more than usual. Boys, we've made it to a Friday rolling into another weekend. I've got College Football Live on the television in the hotel right now. They are set up right outside of uh, Veterans Stadium in Jackson. Uh, in the lead-up to college game day tomorrow. We had football in the Magnolia State last night with Southern Miss at the Rock getting a win, a big win over the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, their fifth victory of the season, and we've got a big weekend coming up of high school football tonight and college football tomorrow. Howdy! Yeah, and big breaking news. Your buddy Tom Hart revealed that uh, for the first time in his career... A coach skipped the production meeting without warning, without reason, without anything. Jimbo Fisher just no-showed. So, uh, one, you hope that you know nothing bad happened. There's no emergency situation or anything, of course. If there is a rational excuse, you hope that everything is okay. However, not a good look if there's not. Hmm. Feels like... Who is at the SEC Network news guy there says Jimbo Fisher bailed on today's standard production meeting with the SEC Network game crew. That's what Tom Hart told Paul Feinbaum. Quote, I don't know why, but I've been doing this for a minute, and that's the first time a head coach bailed on a production meeting. Close quote. Go figure. 
Maybe he's working on NIL deals. Feel, <laughs> feels like if there was a, a reason to, to bail, they would they would get out in front of that and be like, hey, Coach Fisher, Coach Fisher had this happen, so he won't be able to make it very sorry. But to just no show, no no explanation. Again, this is one of those things that coaches do that drives me crazy. If a player no showed, no no called a uh, a meeting, they'd be in trouble. But he can do it and just oh well, you know, I didn't feel like coming. So I'll give you an example um, for these ESPN Plus games that I, the majority of the coach meetings that we do are on Zoom calls in advance. It didn't used to be that way, but people got comfortable with Zoom, and it's easy. And when you've got travel days factored in and everything, it it, it makes a lot of sense. So when we did the UCF game back in week one, that one was in person with Gus Malzahn, the South Carolina State coaches we had had earlier in the week. So yesterday, we're doing the SMU coaches call, and their media relations director, she's on the Zoom first. She's like, hey, we'll get it set up. We do have a quick change, though. i I just giving you a heads up. Sorry about the short notice. Our defensive coordinator is sick. He's not going to be here. We're going to have the cornerbacks coach and the special teams coach on with you. Uh, We're kind of rearranging the time. Coach Lashley was at a speaking engagement. He's going to be a little bit late. It's it's all good, right? I mean, stuff comes up, stuff happens. That, that That is strange for a coach to completely blow off a, uh, a scheduled production meeting. And that's, I mean, these things, it's like built into the schedule for SEC coaches on Fridays. Like the, the TV crews go in a day early. Like Tom and Cole and Jordan travel. Well, Jordan not because he's at SEC Nation. But Tom and Cole travel on Thursday so they can get on site wherever they're going for Friday morning coaches meetings or sometimes their Friday afternoon. And then they go on about their business. And they, I mean, they're there an entire day early for this. So that's, um, it's kind of bad form, really yeah. bad form, especially with no explanation. And inevitably somebody will say, ah, oh, what's the big deal? It's just a production meeting. The point is, it, things like this aren't a big deal when everything else is in shape, right? You can forget, if you're working with somebody and they do everything well and they're a hard worker and you know maybe something they're just going through something and you know, they have a bad day or whatever, and something happens. You forgive that because, you know, I know this guy, it's a good person, does the right thing, probably just having a bad day. But when there's chaos going on in the program, when you've got players mm-hmm. smoking weed in the locker room, when you've got all this stuff. Allegedly. 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 And then you do something like that. It makes you, you know, it causes people to think that there's a correlation. Well, your program's off the rails, and you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing either. It'd be different. You know, if if this was Kirby Smart right now, people would automatically give him the benefit of the doubt because there's no chaos in his program. There's no chaos in Ryan Day's program. There's no chaos in Dabo's program or even Nick Saban's program, despite the fact that they did the horrible thing, and that was lose a game. Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's different. It magnifies would... every Although... mistake you make when you make them so often. What I would do if I'm Ross Bjork, what I would do if I'm Ross Bjork is I would be like, this is conduct unbecoming a head coach. You have embarrassed our program. We're firing you with cause. With cause. Get him out. It's because I hate him. (laughs) That would be, uh, that might be a flimsy argument in a courtroom setting, which is where that probably would end up with lawyers because lawyers are undefeated. Uh, but yeah, that, who, who knows? Who knows? Hey, Dad, I, I don't know what the wording is in the in the contract. 
Um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see where this goes. I've got a fun story for you. Oh, I was going to say a second ago, Jimbo's told us a bunch of times that he loves his ranch. Maybe he just went and rode a horse and lost track of time this morning. I've never ridden a horse before. Really? I would like to. That's part of uh, it's part of the plan. Me either. But I would like to. Just never done it. Ridden a camel. Watch out, they spit. They also bite, as my youngest daughter, or my oldest daughter will tell you. <laughs> What's it, llamas? They spit. Watch out, they spit. Yeah, uh, I think, I think Jane, my wife, dainty as she is, one time had a camel bite her on the noggin. It's like a horror story from a kid. So, hey, you want to hear the funniest story you'll hear today? I think. Colorado yes, offensive lineman Tommy Brown has signed an NIL deal with Shinesty. Now, if you're not familiar with that company, they make a lot of things. Shinesty is the company that makes the kind of garish holiday party suits. Yeah, you go to a Christmas party and you see the the people with like the the crazy suits on, you know, like bright green with Christmas trees all over them or you know, th- things along those lines. Apparently, they also make underwear. And Colorado offensive lineman Tommy Brown has signed an NIL deal with Shinesty as college football's first underwear model. He's quoted as saying, this is an offensive lineman, mind you. When you have a body this good, you deserve to be paid. And yes, there are, uh, there are that. pictures that are out there. there. There's one where he's in like um, tuxedo underwear briefs, and he's just like jumping into the air. Okay. There's one where he is uh, sitting on a motorcycle with a plate of nachos, and a uh, a young lady also sitting on the motorcycle. He is in a uh, a motorcycle. Is it a denim vest and underwear? Oh. There's one here he is laid out. It's supposed to be like on the beach, but it looks like it's just a, a mud a, a mud hole. And then there's one. I, I, he's ripping his shirt, standing there in his underwear. Offensive lineman, NIL deal, Shinesty. Yeah. I wonder if uh, they're interested in getting into the sports broadcaster uh, world. <laughs> hey, Dad, what amount of money would it take for you to sign... A, uh, a sponsorship deal in which you bared it all other than your underwear? Not a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of myself. Yeah, I'd do it what, for like what, 500 what's the, bucks. What's the dollar figure? I mean, what? I, I mean, whatever the average deal is, I have no idea. But it, it, I'm not asking for anything exorbitant. They're like, we're going to make what, you, what, we're going to give you free underwear too, you know? I don't, I'm not a briefs what, what, man you, myself, but. Well, these are like boxer briefs. Okay, perfect. I'll wear those. Would you yeah, I mean, do? Just, just a, give me a deal. Would you do a photo shoot in nothing but your underwear for five thousand dollars? Yeah. When? Okay. When do I need to be there? Yeah. <laughs> Borky, what's your number? I'd do it for like five hundred. Five hundred. Borky's in I, good shape, you know. I'd I'd wear underwear and have and watch somebody. I oh. just. <laughs> Careful. What are you doing over there? Again? Careful. No, I, I just I'm avoiding getting what are you myself watch? instead of to cut it. So I would I, I would for an advertisement pose in boxer briefs for five hundred dollars. I would do it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. So it, I, 
I'm excited. Whatever the uh, the, the normal amount is, I'm, I'm in. I'm excited to be back for Food Friday. Sounds like I missed an epic Food Friday last week, and so I am happy to be back for Food Friday today. This is Sports Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. So let's talk a little bit about last night. We got two questions coming up. We'll get to two questions for the Ole Miss Texas A&M game in just a bit. Obviously not doing that for Mississippi State because they've got the week off. But let's talk for uh, a, a bit about last night. Southern Miss hosting Louisiana in Hattiesburg, some of the pregame crowd shots, you were like, it got better. And there was a good student crowd there last night. And ultimately, Southern Miss gets a, a big win. That's a, that's a good win for the Golden Eagles last night to move to... Why am I having trouble with their record? Five and three, right? They are five and five three. And three. And three and one in the Sun Belt right now. Five and three with the win last night. They led twenty to five at the end of the first quarter. Yes, that is a strange score. The five was not a safety. It was a blocked extra point returned for two for Louisiana. And that was after Southern Miss took an early 6-0 lead, had the extra point blocked, goes to the house the other way. So it's 6-2, and then Southern Miss adds a couple more touchdowns in the first quarter. They end up winning 39-24. So tell me what stands out for you guys in terms of the numbers. Because if you look at Southern Miss's offensive numbers, they're not blow you away. Zach Wilkie was 8-17, of 137 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He did throw one interception. Frank Gore completed one pass for 52 yards. On the ground, Gore had 23 carries for 87 yards. Janari Dean had a rushing touchdown. Jason Brownlee, big night catching the football. Three catches for 102 yards in the ball game. Malik Shorts was monstrous last night. He had the early interception that set up the first touchdown. Had 11 tackles. Dalen Gill had 11 tackles last night as well. 39-24 the final. Southern Miss gets the win. What do you guys think? They're winning games defensively. I mean, that's kind of been the theme the, the last few weeks is, is they've gone on this run because the nasty bunch is, is playing well. There was a moment in the fourth quarter, with, if I remember correctly, like five minutes left where Louisiana had, a, I think, a goal-to-go situation, and, and Southern Miss got a stop there, and that really ended the game. But what was it, three interceptions, one was returned for a touchdown, and that it feels like that's just going to kind of have to be how they win games this year. You know, they've got a really young quarterback that's experiencing some growing pains. They're not getting a whole lot out of their passing offense right now, except for shout-out Frank Gore for throwing a beautiful, beautiful touchdown pass last hmm. night. Uh, that was awesome. But, yeah, that, that's how they're winning games. They're, they're playing defense and making fewer mistakes than their opponents and capitalizing – when their opponents make those mistakes, and and now they're five and three. It's it's a sustainable recipe, especially when you start getting more production out of your young quarterback, which you think is going to come soon. But 
young guy swimming a little bit, and that's to be expected. Sure. Uh, yeah, that I, defense I you're talking they about were, gave up 336 yards through the air. Woolridge did. But he threw three interceptions. They did hold Louisiana to just 103 yards on the ground. Sorry, and a bad completion ahead. percentage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Defensively is what stands out, right? I mean, they force four turnovers. And this is not a very good offensive team. They just haven't been this year. But when you get four extra possessions and you get in a touchdown defensively, you know that, that, that helps so much. And, and Will Hall has got that program going in the direction we thought he would coming into this year. The other thing that stands out is, uh, hey, Southern fans, where are you? Because you weren't at the game. Now, I'll give Luke Johnson a pass. But where are the rest of y'all? How many people do you, we think was in that were in that stadium last night? I mean, if we're being generous, twenty thousand. I was just talking to somebody that That's, was there. They said 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Come on, guys. All right. I mean, we 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 when Ole Miss wasn't selling out, we blasted them. When State's not putting people in the crowd, we were blasting them. You guys, you talk a big game. Wanting to be on the same level as State and Ole Miss? 15000 for that game with what's on the line? No. Come on, guys. That's that's embarrassing. The, the announced attendance on the box score was 27332 Stadium seats, 36000 I, I mean, obviously it was smaller than that. It felt like there was an opportunity to create a really, really impressive home field advantage for that game last night, and it didn't happen. And so you move on from that, and you just try to continue to put a good product on the field. Um, I, I, Borky, you, you and I were talking about this earlier today. I guess all three of us talked about it earlier. Student crowd for Southern Miss looked pretty good. Yeah, and they were into it. At the end of the game, a little too into it. it no, a little too into it <laughs> at, at some point. Loud and clear on ESPN2, guys. It's, uh, that'll get a song taken away. Uh, but uh, otherwise, yeah, student crowd was was rowdy and, and into it. And you know, six thirties on on Thursdays are tough. They are. It's I don't like to fan shame, but you know, we do hear often about how it's the same, and and they're they're all equal, and. Visually, it, it doesn't appear that way. I mean, Will Hall from weeks ago, if he if he had that rant from weeks ago last night, he would have been spot on. Yeah. What's he got to do to get more people to show up? Again, Thursday, 6.30 is hard. I, I understand that. But but what's he got to do? Now, now, now you've got winning football on top of just general excitement about your coach. It, a response from fans is just... At this point, there's no more reason to hold off thinking. You can see now forward direction. There's no more, we'll see if he can get it done. You're seeing that he's got an ability to get it done. Playing a true freshman quarterback, by the way. You see it. So go yeah. see it. Ceasefire text line, keep winning and they will come. Yeah, but they are winning. And that's a standalone game on a Thursday night. And, I mean, look. Yes, Borky, you said just a second ago, you know, weeknight game is hard. But we also hear that weekends are hard, right? Because kids have got tournaments going on and you've got travel stuff. I mean, it, it, you either commit to going and supporting your team or you don't. And they're winning. And Southern Miss, that football team, 
led by Will Hall, deserves to be supported by its fans. Unless they're... and I'm not being callous when I say this. Unless there aren't that many Southern Miss fans. Maybe maybe there aren't enough that are close enough to be able to go and fill the stadium. I, I don't know. Shaq Bully says, if you guys would cover them a little more, you might gin up some interest. Just kidding. Come on, Shaq Bully. I know you're messing around with this, but come on. We get another one that says USM Stadium is too big. It needs to be in the twenty five to thirty thousand range like other schools of our stature. It's a thirty six thousand seat stadium. Come on. I mean, even I mean, if, if you're you saying that, today, right? There weren't twenty five thousand there Thursday night. If if, if you if there had been twenty eight thousand, you're like, gosh, you know, maybe they they need to bring that down a little bit, share back the stadium, cut some seats. But there were there weren't. There's fifteen thousand people. That's still on a thirty thousand seat stadium. Like that's still that fifteen thousand empty seats. Yeah, yeah. Jeff says that uh, they handed out those clapper sticks, and he doesn't like those thunder sticks. I don't. I don't have an issue with thunder sticks. <laughs> I make some noise. I, I was laughing. Very two thousand two. They cut to somebody in the crowd who was was not hitting them. Uh, they were hitting them like a T instead of uh, horizontally. She she was clapping them vertically <laughs> like drumsticks, <laughs> just like them like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted somebody to say, "Hey, they that's need not to be parallel to each other." Parallel, not there perpendicular. we go. Exactly. She was yeah. she was hitting perpendicular, and that's uh, I, I kept. She thinking, was doing the you know more cowbell thing. Yeah. You know? She's, like don't don't you look around and think you know everybody else is not doing it this way, and theirs are making noise. Mine aren't. I, I wonder why. Got a good kick out of that. Yeah. It's a good win, though. It, it, it is. It's a really good win. It's an important win. It was a big game, especially for their bowl chances and stuff like that. There's Will Hall was pumped after the game. Uh, rocking the vest, by the way. Love a vest guy. He and I would be friends. I want that vest. It was a good-looking vest. So, really good night for them that they needed badly. Uh couple of other messages on the ceasefire text line fan base just isn't like the sec schools let's just be honest i'm a two-time graduate of southern miss i would rather go to a mississippi state or an old miss game that's for andrew and hernando somebody says coming off a three-win season and we haven't won in a decade yeah but you're winning right now that's I mean, a that, reason that's to show thing, right? up i mean you're you're yes it, it's been a while and, and i know you can get out of the habit of going to a game and look I don't want this to sound like we're beating up on Southern Miss. I mean, that's why we talked about the game first and not the crowd, because it's a great win. I think the point that we're making here is if you're a Southern Miss fan and there's any possible way to get there, this team has earned your support. Like, they're proving it on the field. And you're not saying you need 70,000 there, but I don't think 25,000 is too much to ask. For those of you that were there, congratulations. Good job. Mm, From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV and, of course, on your supertalk radio stations covering all 82 counties in the state of Mississippi and beyond. Got a friend that uh, sent me a text a little while ago, and he was like, hey, do you know that you guys are on in Mobile? I was like, yes, I do. He's like, actually, point clear to uh, to be precise. So, yeah, thanks for listening wherever you are listening. We are late, late into the high school football regular season schedule. Will East joins us right now. Quick reminder, you can get the high school football preview show immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi, and then tonight from 10 until 11.30, it's the uh, scoreboard show, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show hosted by Will East and a cast of thousands. Will East, the thing that we thought probably wasn't going to happen, happened last week. Oak Grove knocking off Brandon. Brandon taking its first loss of the season. Did you see that coming? No, but Keith did. Keith actually ranked. We do a top ten during the regular season at, at the end of each show, and Keith ranked Tupelo ahead of Brandon two weeks ago. Okay. And he said, I think there is uh, something going to happen in Hattiesburg, you know, the next Friday night. And sure enough, Brandon turned the ball over five times. They had a safety, just did not play like Brandon had played all season long. And Oak Grove won the game 25-20, I believe the final was, something like that. Uh, it was a stunning upset. Um It's one that we've seen in years past. It reminded me so much of that Clinton team from 2016 when they had Cam Akers, and they were just rolling along, just destroying teams left and right, and then they went over to Warren Central and they lost. Now, Clinton, uh, if you're looking for some good news, Brandon fans, Clinton went on to win the state championship game that year. Um, For Brandon, uh, they've got to regroup. They play an offense that's very similar to Ole Miss's offense. It's kind of a hurry-up. Um, spread them out, but at the same time, we're going to run the ball a whole lot with two really good running backs. And uh, they just had some mistakes that they have not had all season long, and Oak Grove took advantage of them. It was at Oak Grove. And so that kind of threw everything topsy-turvy. And now Tupelo is your new number one team. Tupelo yep. has a huge game tonight against Clinton. Now, I want to keep. I want to throw this out there first. We had a lot of games last night. For some okay. reason, I don't understand why, the Mississippi High School Activities Association decided back in June that we were going to play a bunch of games on Thursday night and Friday night. And next week will be the same thing. We'll have a bunch of games on Thursday night, 6A and 5A will play, and 1A for the most part. We'll play all of their games on Thursday night next week while 4A, 3A, and 2A will have their playoff games. I don't know why they're doing this. It's not a very good decision, in my opinion. I talked to one JUCO administrator who says this kills us uh, from a coverage Mm. standpoint, uh, from an attendance standpoint. You had the Southern Miss game last night, and then you've got high school teams that are having to compete with that. You know, it's just it's not a very good decision. I don't know why they do it. But anyway, that's what has happened. So... Uh, as far as the games tonight are, that we do have, we'll have Clinton at Tupelo. And that's a big one because Tupelo is now in the driver's seat of Region 2 of 6A. They, they're they the team to right. beat in the north part of the state. and they well, have throw the, a number at you, Will, All right, as it pertains to this Tupelo team. Undefeated, we know that part, in district overall. They have scored 314 points this season. They, they have allowed 46. Yep. 
they have uh, they've scored the most points in all of 6A and they have allowed the fewest points <laughs> in all of 6A. Is that a recipe and for success? Look, there's only one team as far as the last time I looked, there was only one team in all of Mississippi high school football, private or public, that had allowed fewer points than Tupelo had. When you're doing that, that at the 6A level, that is incredibly mm-hmm. impressive. They've got experienced linebackers. That's what kills me is they have all these linebackers everywhere and some defensive linemen here and there that are just dominating their experience. They're always in the right place, and teams just they can't run on them, they can't throw on them, and that's a recipe for disaster for teams that are going up against Tupelo. Clinton's going to face a, a really tough road trip tonight on that beautiful blue turf of Tupelo's. But Clinton, you know, they surprised Madison Central a couple of weeks ago. They lost a kind of a head-scratcher against Oxford right after that. This is going to be a tough game for them, and the winner will be in the driver's seat of Region 2 of 6A. Um, All right, so we've got Tupelo undefeated in the north part of the state. And then on the coast, we've got a couple of undefeateds. Uh, coast slash South Mississippi. Ocean Springs, yes. still undefeated. Greyhounds rocking along. Picayune, also still undefeated as well. I would say uh, Ocean Springs has the game of the night uh, against Gulfport. Okay. I really would because Gulfport has gone. Nobody's talked about Gulfport this season. They're like 7-1, and 8-1, and one, something like that. Uh, everybody's been talking about Ocean Springs and Bray Hubbard and the great season they have. The the knock on Region 4 and 6A football on the coast in general is that for the past decade, nobody's been able to get past the second round. And that has just haunted this Ocean Springs team, which has been good for two years in a row. Last year, they were really good. They went undefeated in the regular season, if memory serves me correctly. But then they lost to Oak Grove in the second round of the playoffs. This year, can they get over that hump? Uh, and tonight they'll face a, a, a good Gulfport team that held their own against Picayune, who is in 5A and who is, I mean, just absolutely dominating right now. And let me tell you, the game, so the Coast may have um, the game of the week tonight, this, this week, tonight, and then also next week, because next week Picayune will play Gaucher. No one is talking about Gaucher. I was telling Michael Borky about this earlier. Gaucher has a kid by the name of Caden Irving who is a baseball commit for Ole Miss. But in football, as a quarterback in the past two games, he has accounted for 16 touchdowns. Two games, 16 touchdowns. He's thrown 12 touchdowns. He's run for four touchdowns against some pretty good competition. He's a big kid. I mean, he is huge. And he can chunk the ball, and he can run you over, and that's the he'll be playing up against Dante Dowdle and those and the, the that incredible run game of Picayune next Thursday night in the final game of the regular season for both of them. To 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 show you to go back to what we were talking about with Tupelo a second ago in terms of their offensive production and their defensive production. Looking at Ocean Springs, they've scored 318 points in eight games this year. They're averaging 40 points a game. They have given up only 78 points. That's like 9.2 yeah. per game. Yeah, yeah, And it's like five points a game fewer than Tupelo's scoring and five game points a game more than Tupelo's allowing. It's, it's remarkable because those numbers are off the charts good for Ocean Springs. They, they really are. And Bray Hubbard is just 
a man amongst boys. I mean, he's throwing for 200-something yeah. a, a game. He's running for 100 yards a game. No one has really stopped him. No one's really slowed him down. But the defense is what no one's talking about with Ocean Springs this year. Everybody's talking about Bray Hubbard and how great he's doing. You know, he's committed to Alabama and all this. But the defense is really getting it done. And, you know, they, they beat Clinton. Uh, at the beginning of the year, the first game of the year, I think it was 31-13 to 13 off the top of my head. Uh, and we've seen how good this Clinton team is. And, and Ocean Springs handled them with relative ease. So uh, it's shaping up to be a really fun run to the end of the regular season for 6A and 5A. For 4A, 3A, and 2A, their regular season, for the most part, not everyone, but for the most part, ended last night. And we had some incredible games last night, uh, including Raleigh and Hazelhurst in 3A. Wow. Uh, I can't remember the last time an undefeated team came in at, at this point in the season came into a game, Richard, and they were the heavy underdog. I mean, no one was thinking Hazelhurst could hang with Raleigh, um, but they did. Now, Raleigh ended up winning the game by two points. Suntering Perkins of Raleigh is... Uh, he had like 180 yards, two touchdowns, had an interception on defense. He's an incredible player. But give some credit to Hazelhurst for holding their own. And they really went unsung this entire year in, in 3A being undefeated for this long. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you about one other team. Uh, northwest part of the state, DeSoto County. South Haven's still undefeated. Should South- we be looking at South Haven? Yes. Uh, no one is talking about South Haven. They haven't played as tough of a schedule as a lot of these other teams. Sure. And that's why when you get to this late part of the season, you'll have an undefeated team, and you're like, well, I can't remember. I didn't know they were undefeated. And it's because they haven't played the marquee names out there. Now, they did yeah. play and beat they play South Region Panola. One, and that's mostly DeSoto County schools. It's all DeSoto County and Batesville, South Panola. That's yeah. what it is. And uh they have not since Horn Lake really have they produced a uh, a contender. I would say in that six A at that six A level, um, but no one's talking about them right now. They're a very balanced team. That's the thing that strikes me about uh, South Haven is that they have almost equal amount of rushing yards and passing yards, and it's like it's evenly distributed throughout the team. Like everybody's going to get their touches in this game. It's pretty amazing. We got more coming up with Will East. We'll talk about the playoff picture for the uh, the classifications where it begins next week, and also look at some more games that we need to keep an eye on tonight. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. Hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Rolling on with you, rolling on with Will East. He's one of us. He's sitting in Studio X, but we're still going to say he's joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Bruce Marshall will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. 
also on the Farm Bureau guest line. We'll look forward to see what uh, to see what he's got to say about some of the games involving college teams this weekend. But will let's get back to the high school stuff. You said that uh, the Ocean Springs game is the one that uh, that you're watching the closest tonight. That, in addition to Clinton and Tuplo, what else are we watching? For games that are happening tonight, then we'll save some time to kind of take a peek at that playoff picture that starts next week. So Northwest ranking at Brandon. That's an interesting one. Brandon obviously lost last week, their first loss of the season. Knocked them from that number one spot. And how do they recover? How do they rebound against a surprisingly good Northwest ranking team? Now, I will say this for Northwest ranking. They haven't played the tougher part of the schedule yet. Um they have a Brandon tonight, and then they have uh, Oak Grove to end the regular season. So it's kind of a tough run to the end of the season. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Northwest Rankin is is right there in the mix. Um, so that's one that I'm watching. In 5A, the interesting thing that's going on in 5A is in Region 3 of 5A, where you have Hattiesburg at West Jones and then Laurel at Wayne County. Here's the standings, and I can tell you off the top of my head what the standings are. Hattiesburg is at number one. And then West Jones, Laurel, and Wayne County are all tied for second, which means they all got to play each other tonight and then next Thursday night. Um, and then Saturday night for the, the 101st edition of the Battle for the Little Brown Drug between Laurel and Hattiesburg to decide who's going to be where. Um, Hattiesburg is unbelievable. They started the season 0-4. They got blown out by a not very good Meridian team in the fourth game of the season to start the season 0-4. And and everybody, including yours truly, wrote them off and said, well, it'll be between Wayne County and uh, Laurel and West Jones this season. Hattiesburg's out of it. And they have turned things around. They but went, wait. <laughs> yeah, but wait, there's more. They beat Wayne County last week. They scored a touchdown on offense, a touchdown on defense, a touchdown on special teams. They had a complete game against Wayne County and beat them 35-6. to I was stunned by that. Um, tonight they'll have to play West Jones, a team that has one of the best defenses in the entire state. And last week they let Laurel just jump out to a 28-7 to lead going into the fourth quarter. And West Jones decided, hey, we're coming back. And they started mounting a comeback and almost almost did. They were dry there on the, the Laurel 33-yard line about to go in for a, a score to tie up the game. And uh, the quarterback got picked off for, for West Jones and Laurel secured the win. But it tells you kind of how fun this region is uh, this season. So tonight it's Hattiesburg at West Jones and then Laurel at Wayne County there in Waynesboro. So that's a really fun region. Um, it, the other games you got going on in um, in 5A tonight, uh, I think West Point, who's kind of your leader in the north part of the state right now, they're going to be taking on uh, They've kind of righted the ship a little bit, haven't they? They have. They're, they started 0-2, but you remember there's two losses were against Startville and Louisville. Um, so that was kind of the shock is, oh, you know, Startville, this team that had been to six straight 5A state championship games, they started 0-2, is the dynasty over, that whole thing. Well, they've now won like six or seven straight. In Region 2 of 5A, that's kind of interesting because Vicksburg clinched the region last week. It's the first time Vicksburg has won a divisional title since 1990. 
1990. Ooh. Brian Haydad was known as Hey Kid, not Hey Dad. Okay, that's how long ago that was. <laughs> well, I remember that team. <laughs> 1990. So they clinched the, the region, and then you've got Neshoba Central, hold, Callaway. Hold on. I'm going to go trivia question on you. And, I, and I'm asking a trivia question that I only think I know the answer to. Do you know who the head coach was at Vicksburg when they won the division in 1990? I have no clue. I'm pretty sure hey, it's James you know? Knox. Okay. Who do you think it was, I'm, Richard? I, no, I, you're right. I'm thinking about Warren Central, not Vicksburg. Wasn't Johnny Hill at Warren Central in that time frame before he came to Oxford? No. No, Robert Morgan no. was the head coach. The Morgan okay. Morgan uh, dynasty. Yeah, because Josh is his son, right? Right. Josh okay. is his son, and Rob and Josh and uh, Brett all right, played right, at Mississippi right. State, all of his sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I thought he was in that part of the state. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, I derailed that. My bad, Will. <laughs> that's kind of uh, that's kind of five A. Then uh, we had a bunch of four A, three A, and two A games last night. Just some headlines: Houston beat New Albany. They clinched the number one seed. Four A is shaping up to be the most fun classification this year. Uh, it's incredibly interesting. Give me a, a great playoff matchup next week. Just one. Uh, well, I can't. I can't tell you because we still have some oh, three. And I still yet. have some games out there. That's, what that's I'm right. Uh, that's right. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi, Will East. Don't miss the uh, the preview show coming up when we get finished at 6. And then the scoreboard show tonight, wrapping up the entire weekend of high school football, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show, 10 until 11.30. Thanks, Will. Yes, sir. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Eh, fight song Friday. I guess it's okay that we subject ourselves to Alabama when we don't have to. Good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Let's talk some Texas A&M. Travis Brown joins us uh, right now, covers the Aggies. And Travis, uh, kind of a strange week, and I, I feel like it got a little stranger today when Tom Hart, who is doing the television broadcast for the SEC Network, said on Paul Feinbaum's show that uh, Jimbo Fisher just blew off the production meeting, which probably in the grand scheme of things is not a big deal, but it just adds another layer to, to what's going on. What, what can you tell us? We got nothing, Borky? Ooh, I can I can hear y'all. There we go, Travis. Sorry about that. I think that was something on yeah, that was something on my end. My apologies. I'm uh, I'm I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, sitting in a hotel room, so I probably messed something up. Uh so yeah, I just kinda like overall strange week. On the field, off the field, all the above. 
Yeah, uh, it seems like there's more uh, things to, to talk about and to try to figure out that's going on off the field and in the locker room and in the, the, the PA booth more necessarily than what's going on in the football field right now between suspensions and injuries and songs getting played for the run out. It, it's, it's been a, a wild week down here in Aguiland, that's for sure. <laughs> Okay, so I've missed that story. What what is this the controversy around songs related to the run onto the field? Well, the uh A and M's uh for the past since twenty twelve, their like kind of run out song has been powered by Kanye West and with everything that's going on surrounding him and his uh oh, pretty no. terrible comments, they decided to pivot <laughs> away from from power and, and are going in a different direction for this week. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm gonna I'm gonna concur with that decision. Travis Brown covers Texas A&M for the uh, the Eagle in the Bryan College Station area. Let, let's do the on the field thing and let's start with quarterback. Do you expect it to be uh, Connor Wegman this week? Uh, you know, I, I think we'll have to see if, if it's still going to be kind of game time because um, for, by by the reports, Haynes King hasn't been in practice much this week and. That would lend itself to uh, Connor Wegman getting the start. I, I, I think I'll put it this way: I, I, I still think that Haynes King is the best bet right now uh, to win games if he is healthy. Uh, I, I think that if he is healthy, he he'll, he'll be the guy to go. But if he's not healthy, and if, and if it is true that he has been uh, limited or, or not a, a factor in practice, then then Wegman's about the only option they have left. So. Uh, I, I think Wayman is the future, and he's going to be a, a, a good quarterback uh, for A&M. But I, I think uh, with how porous the offensive line is, with how complicated Jimbo Fisher's offense is, uh, I, I still uh, the, the experience that Haynes King has in the offense is it, it makes him a little bit uh, gives him a little bit of the edge of a Wegman. You know, Travis, you're so much closer to this than we are. As we've looked at this matchup, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of signs pointing to this is a game that that Ole Miss should win based on what we've seen on the field. And yet I just keep going back to that roster, and I see so much talent in so many different places. Is there a thought here that there's like, you know, one last rally and see if they can kind of salvage the season? Or is this thing past the point of no return for A&M for this year? I think A&M, I think that this game in particular falls at a bad spot for A&M with where they are and how their season has played out. Because I I think regardless of how you look at it from the, the, the big picture standpoint about a&M season, I think this is just a bad matchup for the Aggies with how good uh, Ole Miss has been running the ball. A&M is 102nd in the nation in, in rush defense. They've been awful. I mean, that's the, that, is, that is the reason why Appalachian State beat A&M early in the season that game is because not only did they break some big runs, yeah. but they also, if they needed two or three yards on a third or fourth down, they got the two or three yards. They couldn't stop them. They couldn't get any shed their block and get any move the line of scrimmage at all. And I think with how well the Rebels have run the ball, it, it's just a bad matchup for AM. We've seen a lot of really good receivers come through the SEC. We've seen a lot of really good receivers come through College Station for that matter. Where does Evan Stewart stack up in, in this freshman season that's been so good for him and the talent is so incredibly evident? Yeah, I 
it's hard to say because he, he's still so early in his career. I, I, I don't think he's really he's really only broken out the last two games against Alabama against South Carolina. He actually had some trouble making contested catches and making catches where that weren't um, just strikes early in the season. I mean, there's one against Arkansas that was a wide open pass that he kind of slid to try to catch and just he was wide open and could, couldn't couldn't bring it in. But then you, you see him against Alabama, and he's going up to make those contested catches. He made a couple good contested catches against South Carolina. I think his, his stock is certainly on the rise when it comes to what he's been able to do uh, in, in college. Um, it, it's hard to compare him, too, because A&M hasn't necessarily had a receiver like him in a while. It's been a program that's just had four wide of possession receivers, and I don't necessarily see him and the way that a want to use him as just a kind of slot possession receiver. He, he, he's going to be that guy to go get 50-50 balls, to stretch the defense and get behind the defense. Uh, and as we see a little bit more of those, he'll be able to separate himself as as one of the, the more rare receivers that A&M has had, but, but he still needs to get there. And I, I think the last two games have been a step in the right direction for that. Travis, I'm going to put a, a headset on you. And I'm going to put you in the booth, and you're going to have the play sheet. Nobody so you're wants calling that. plays. Well, I, no, I, I'm, I'm headed somewhere with this. You're calling plays tomorrow. We know what Devon A. Chain is capable of. And we've seen the last two weeks what Ole Miss has given up on the ground. How many times are you calling A. Chain's name tomorrow night if you're calling plays? You know, I think, I think Jimbo Fisher has needed to call A. Chain's number a lot more. I think that they also have needed to find – a, a secondary back to give a little bit of a one-two punch because that's that's what made him and Isaiah Spiller so good was the the, the tandem the yeah. back and forth they brought uh, last year and they haven't not only has uh, A not gotten enough carries himself they haven't filled really anybody else in to try to get um, anything either to, to, to try to kind of they really need a power back because A while he can break some tackles and uh, he, he's more of that home run. Um, explosive kind of back. They need a power back back there to, to give a little bit of a change of pace. I think LJ Johnson could be that guy, and they've used him at times in that role once or twice, but uh, they, they need to get a little bit more of that. So yeah, if, if I was calling it, I think that you, you need to lean on more heavily, but I, I also think if Haynes, I think this is one of the reasons why, too, if Haynes King is healthy and, and can't pull this off, I would rather go with him, because while Connor Wigman is a, an extremely good athlete, Haynes King has the, the I mean, it's one of the fastest guys on the team. And I think having that ability to, to, to mix it up between uh, your quarterback and your running back would be a big help for A&M in that ground game. I mean, even while he had a banged-up foot against South Carolina, he was able to, to scamper around uh, pretty well. So I, I, that's another reason why I think if he's healthy, it would help the Aggies. But I think it's a big question if he's, if he's going to be healthy. Visiting with Travis Brown on the Farm Bureau guest line, talking some Texas A&M. He writes the Eagle in uh, in the Bryan College Station area. Ole Miss and Texas A&M coming up tomorrow night. Travis, try to help us understand what the mood is among A&M fans locally. Like, like we hear what people are saying in Mississippi. I know all over the Southeast, you know, there, there are people that are are laughing because of some of the off season stuff. But what, what's the mood among Aggies fans? Yeah, you know. It'll, I'm actually as interested as whatever goes on the field to see kind of the general vibe in the stands in Kyle Field, whether it's going to be the typical, you know, hey, they're the 12th man, they're going to stand up, they're going to cheer excitement, or if there's going to be 
some apathy that sits in. Are, are there going to be some empty seats? It, you know, it, it, it helps the A&M's cause that they've been away for six straight weeks, uh, and, yeah. and it's the first conference home game this late in the season. People are going to want to see some football, so I think that's going to help. But as far as the, the, the vibe goes from what you can glean on, on online and, and talking, I mean, I, I, there is uh, some pretty strong uh, uh, feelings towards Jimbo Fisher and the way he's called the game. I think some of that spurs from how how uh, confident he seemed in the offseason about this team and how that spilled out in some of the uh, more public uh, displays of, of of confidence, you might say, uh, over over the summer and, and how that they kind of seemed like they wrote some checks they couldn't cash uh, in the offseason. I think that the biggest complaints, the biggest calling from the, the uh, fan base is that they, they want Jimbo to hire – an offensive coordinator and a play caller in the offseason. Of course, uh, Gerald Dickey's the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, but Jimbo's the offensive play caller, and they want to uh, see some changes in how um, maybe a little bit more of a modernized system, a little bit of an easier system that, that gives players a little bit more of a chance and doesn't require a, a, a football Harvard grad to, to run. <laughs> Travis, thanks for the insight, man. It's going to be interesting to see how this one unfolds tomorrow night. Have a great weekend. You got it. Thanks. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. To you guys earlier, I've got uh, the college football live on in the uh, in the rooms. Watch it during the uh, break and, and turned it up because there was an interview, or at least part of an interview, I guess that's going to air on game day tomorrow with uh, with Deion Sanders. Desmond Howard was doing the interview, and his final question in the interview to Deion Sanders was, "You're having a lot of success. Phone rings." NFL calls, Power 5 calls, and right there, Dion interrupts and goes, I'm not going to the NFL, not doing it. And to his credit, Desmond followed up says, Power 5 phone call. And Dion, in like the most honest thing you've ever heard a coach say, goes, I'd entertain it. Power 5 calls, I'll entertain it. He said, going to the Power 5 does not change my lifestyle but it changes my coach's lifestyle, and I owe that to them. He said, but I'm about living in the moment, and I want to dominate the moment that we're in right now. I thought that was incredibly refreshing honesty from a football coach because we never talk about anything other than the job that we've got right now to the point that we just lie about it when people talk about other jobs. Not Dion. Yeah. Very di- I thought that was a very direct and refreshing answer. It is. And, it, you know, I guess it's part of the job. But I, I do think that, you know, do, do you really have to talk to him about his next job while he's sitting on a college game day set outside of the stadium of his current job? I, I, I'm going to disagree with you because of the, the setting. And, and I know you weren't watching. It wasn't like it was sitting at the desk with fans in the background. This is one of those one on one meeting room interviews. And they had done kind of a deep dive on on Hunter, uh, getting him there, and what he means. 
and you know Shadur Sanders and what he means to the pro. So I mean, it was kind of an in-depth one-on-one. Okay. I don't think that question was out of bounds. Like if, if they that do setting. that tomorrow, I think that would be kind of inappropriate. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that when they get him live, but my guess is that's part of a larger piece that's going to air on game day tomorrow. So you'll get that, but not if he appears live on set. Uh, Unfortunately, speaking of game day, something that you're not going to get is Corso. So this is going to be his his third game day that he's missing this year uh, because he has fallen uh, fallen ill. So uh, hope Coach is okay. And for, for it happening this many times so far this year is... Making I've never met the man, but making me uh, make me worry about him a little bit. So I hope he's okay. Health is appears not to be good for uh, for Lee Corso yeah. at, at this point. And look, I mean, travel's hard, right? And he's been doing it for a really long time. And he had the stroke a few years ago, and has continued to kind of uh, persevere. Uh, another sad note in the college football landscape world. You guys see that uh, Vince Dooley passed away, legendary coach at the University of Georgia. Uh, passed away earlier today. Um, press release came out of uh, Athens uh, with that news earlier. Let's see. If, I think I've got it right here. Um, well, I thought I did. Maybe I lost it. There it is. National championship in 1986, SEC championships, and the winningest coach in Georgia football history, uh, Vince Dooley, passed. Oh, and, and one other thing, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, Master Gardener. In retirement, gardening was his hobby, his escape, and he did all kinds of stuff with like the um, the garden club in Athens, and you know hosted like his rose gardens, and like apparently his yard was just like this incredible show place. So uh, neat guy, and one of the uh, one of the legends in uh, in college football history in the South as well. One football other, yard one work. Other. If you tell me he was a great barbecuer, he might have been the greatest man who ever lived. It's possible. It's it's, uh, it's possible. Hey, Dad, we were both right earlier on the Johnny Hill thing, just kind of going back and cleaning mm-hmm. that up from the end of the 3 o'clock hour. Coach Morgan was the head coach, and Johnny Hill was an assistant coach on that staff at Warren Central. He left Warren Central yeah. and took the Oxford job in 1989, and then over two coaching stints, he was the head coach at Oxford for 22 years. There was that time um, where he left Oxford and went to Tupelo. I think it was five or six year window, four or five years, something like that, um, as well. So um, we're, we were both kind of right. I, I texted with with Stan yeah, yeah. Hill, who's the offensive coordinator at Northwest, who just capped an undefeated season last night, and he said, "Yeah, Coach Morgan was his uncle." So there we go. All, all, all those, all those, all those folks with Marshall County ties kind of related. So, uh, let's go back to that conversation with Travis Brown. What'd you guys take out of that? I thought he said some interesting things. Well, and, and there's the run defense aspect that a lot of people are not talking about. Now, you no, know, we understand that DJ Durkin's a, a good coordinator. We've seen it. We know it, and we know that they've got talent on that side of the ball. But if that if they're just so talented that they're just so talented at AM's great, why are they ranked in the hundreds in run defense? Kind of feels like the uh, the money ball thing, right? If he's a good hitter, why don't he hit good? Yeah. And remember before State played AM and we had Cole Kublik on and we asked him about the talent that AM has in the trenches on defense, and his answer was, yeah, they're talented. 
And you'll watch one play and you'll think, oh, wow, who is this? And then you'll watch the same player the next five plays and he'll take them all off. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm, maybe things change this Saturday and they're fully invested and locked in and all that, but just because they were high-level recruits doesn't mean they play like it. And, and the product that they have put on the field has not been one that is an indicator of this crazy talent that's just going to slow down Evans and Judkins because they do it to everybody except for they do it to nobody. Yeah. Those, those, those thoughts don't jive. And yeah, they, they played Alabama down to the wire. You can't take that away from him. How many teams in college football could replace a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and dominate their next opponent in a conference game? On top of the fact that he turned the football over four times. I mean, I think we people have lost what really happened in that Alabama-Texas A&M game. No Bryce that Young. That game is different if Bryce Young plays. No Bryce Young and four turnovers by the backup quarterback that's never played. Sure. I, that's fair. I think that's important to uh, remember, and I, I will even raise my hand as kind of being guilty of, of getting lost in the shuffle and that when you point to, yeah, they played Alabama really well and Alabama could have lost that game, and they were without Bryce Young. It, it does feel like that needs to be included there. Um, we talked about this earlier in the week. Ole Miss has gotten off to fast starts. Borky, you mentioned the, the scripting of plays at the uh, the beginning of, of games. I, I think that was you that, that talked about that. They do a really good job coming into a game. You saw them jump out fast against Kentucky. You saw them jump out fast against Auburn. You saw them jump out fast last week against LSU. If Ole Miss jumps out fast against Texas A&M, if you look up nine minutes into the game and it's 14-3 to or 20-7 to or something like that, does Texas A&M respond the same way that Kentucky, Auburn, and LSU did? Or they keep on playing, they climb back in it? Or is the adversity that's going on around A&M's program and the doubt that is clearly creeping in with a lot of those players, do they just be like, whatever, here we go again, and, and kind of kind of fold the tent? Feels like they're prime. This is a prime quit spot for them. It could be. And, I mean, a fast – here's breaking news, more at 11. It would be good to get out to a fast start in a football game. Wow, that's why that's why I get paid the big bucks. But this week especially, I, I mean <laughs> – What was it Haydad said earlier this week? If Ole Miss ever doesn't start fast, they're going to get beat by 30. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you're beating, if you're beating Ole Miss at the end of the first quarter, that game's going to – you're going to trash them in that game. But, yeah. but Borky's right. I mean, he's just 100% right. The, the fast start is going to be key. Because I do, I do think that I, I'm, I'm, I'm of a mind that this game is going to go one of two ways. Ole Miss is going to come out early, punch them in the mouth, and A&M is just going to lay down and try to get through it, or A&M is going to win because they, Ole Miss doesn't knock that belief out of them early, and then A&M does the smart thing and starts handing the ball off and just runs their way to victory. I don't, I don't, I don't see a close A&M. Or sorry, I don't see a close Ole Miss win. If Ole Miss wins, they're going to win by a lot. So you're either laying the points or you're taking A&M. Right. I mean, I know that may be like Captain Obvious comment, but I'm like, you're laying the points. and you're like If you are laying the points, then you're extremely confident in Ole Miss winning and it not being close. But if you think it's going to be close, you're taking A&M and going the other way. 
Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I was summarizing that accurately. We got you plenty got it. coming got up still. Uh, we've got uh, a Food Friday in the 5 o'clock hour presented by Polk's. I will remind you, you have time still. In fact, you have until 1045 tomorrow morning to uh, get your picks in for the Polk's Pick 6. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's. Pick six games, just winners. Enter a tiebreaker score, total points, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. And uh, you'll have a chance to win a six-pack of Polk's Meat products. So we'll talk about Food Friday coming up a little bit later this afternoon. Up next, Farm Bureau Guest Line, one of our favorite segments of the week. Every week, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. We are back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. One of my absolute favorite people anywhere. Bruce Marshall joins us right now. Bruce writes and has worked at the gold sheet goldsheet.com for a long time bruce my friend nice to talk to you on a friday hey pretty good rich hey i might see you in a couple weeks because i'm coming down for the band again there you go I, I i don't know where i'm going to be yet that weekend but hopefully i'll be able to see you in oxford that'll be great yeah it'll be fun I want to start with it we do this at the end sometimes we need a winner bruce we, we, we got to have a winner Give me one of those games that you're in love with this weekend. Maybe people are talking about it. Maybe they're not. San Diego State, Fox Sports 1, late-night viewing uh, tomorrow night for you guys in uh, Mississippi uh, against uh, uh, Fresno. You're getting about eight and a half, nine. Should not be this big a line. San Diego State has kind of stumbled into a quarterback. Brady Hoke didn't have one. Burmeister, the Virginia Tech transfer, was a disaster. Uh, but Jalen Maven, who, you, who had, had been at... Uh, Mississippi State um, and uh, transferred to San Diego State, was playing in the secondary, working on special teams, and they put him in at quarterback a couple weeks ago, and he looks better than anybody San Diego State had. He's actually hmm. completing passes downfield, and uh, uh, San Diego State looks uh, pretty good. Fresno still probably using the backup quarterback, Fife, who's only thrown two touchdown passes in a month. So with uh, Jalen Maiden at quarterback, I think San Diego State a very live plus eight and a half plus nine tomorrow night in Fresno. Yeah, it looks like that one's gotten all the way to nine. Fresno as a uh, a favorite yeah. there. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's jump into some of these SEC games uh, this weekend. A little bit lighter slate this week in the SEC. I'm fascinated and have been all week long with this Arkansas Auburn game because this is a line that feels like it should be bigger than it is. Arkansas a three and a half point favorite. What do you see here? You know, this is weird because uh, uh, Pittman is zero two against Auburn now. Two years ago, he's a dog in that game in the COVID year, and the one they probably should have won when Bo Nix you know, fumbled and they called it a, a, a spike right, in the ball right. that weird at the end of the game. But Harson beat uh, 
Pittman last year in Fayetteville, uh, and Bo Nix was still there, and he had a pretty good game. I don't think Auburn's all that bad. The more, I mean, you saw them a couple weeks ago against Ole Miss. They came back in that game. Uh, they, we know what Bigsby can do. It look for better or worse. It seems like they've settled upon Ashford at quarterback. Um, some of the efforts. I mean, even Georgia, they're playing them, you know, pretty tough for a while. The LSU effort doesn't look bad at all. I mean, they haven't been able to finish close out games, but hard. They have not quit for Harson. I still don't know what to make of Arkansas here. I know they look good against BYU two weeks ago, but I think now we're seeing BYU maybe isn't all that much. I still think this defense is down a couple notches for uh, uh, Barry Odom this year. Uh, they, they just aren't putting up the numbers on the stop in like they did the last couple of seasons. I think this, this is trouble for Arkansas. I think it's slight upset. I'm going to go ahead out in the limb here. 31-28 Auburn. They're still fighting for Harson. They haven't fired him yet. Um, it's probably coming, but uh, until we see them actually lay down, I think Auburn's pretty live here. Is this a game that you like or just one that that's kind of what you think is going to happen? Yeah, just because you asked me about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that's fair. I, I didn't think that was necessarily yeah. going to the uh, to the top of your card tomorrow, but uh, no. just curious. Hey, I'm fascinated with this Florida-Georgia game as well, not because I think it's going to be a good game. Yesterday, when we were talking about this at 22-and-a-half, we talked about the fact that it's the biggest point spread in the history of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I'll call it that until I die. And now it's going up again. It's up to 23-and-a-half. Is this number too big? They're, t- they're taking some of the, the, the appeal. I mean, they didn't have a lot of appeal anyway over three TDs. I mean, I call this uh, the uh, Jimmy Sexton game of the week, round one here. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, Napier, you know, all that excitement they had down there in Gainesville after the Utah game, I mean, it's pretty much dissipated. Um, Richardson has just not been consistent enough at quarterback. I will say this about Kirby. Um, they were, they were, uh, he was a little upset, uh, with, you know, the, uh, Kent State and the uh, Mizzou games back about a month ago. And those two games against, uh, Auburn and Vandy were really ironing out some problems. And they were, uh, one turnovers. They were giving it up too, coughed it up too many times those two games and two. Get the passing game going and get some touchdowns through the air. They did that finally the last against uh, Vanderbilt, four TD passes. Uh, the backup, Beck threw a couple TDs, but it looked like that's been a, kind of back in the groove. And only one turnover combined in those two games. So I think they ironed out some of those uh, problems and they're ready for the stretch drive. 42-16, Georgia. I, again, I don't love it because this number is too high. But Florida's got too many problems for me, and Georgia's, you know, kind of hungry here to uh, make number one. You know, they kept scoring against uh, Vanderbilt the last yeah, two weeks ago, and they, uh, so they, uh, they're conscious. I, I think that they want to stay number one. I don't know what the game is going to look like when it's played tomorrow night, but I'm intrigued by Ole Miss as a one and a half point favorite in College Station against Texas A&M. That is a line that is going. The other direction, right? I mean, Ole Miss was a two and a half point favorite. It's come down to one and a half. We we look at Texas A and M, and you're like, eh, problems all over the place there. But Ole Miss was exposed in some areas last week as well. So, what what are we thinking? Yeah, they were. And by Jimmy Sexton, game of the week, round two, and here we go uh, in College Station. I, I think that move down might be more some questions about Ole Miss because I I do think they were a little bit exposed last week. I'm just not sure that A&M can take advantage. Rich, th- th- there's some issues there. And-, and Jimbo is darn lucky that he's got that contract, which is going to keep him safe, I think, for at least a few more years. 
Because otherwise, he'd, he'd be, I mean, listen, we, a few weeks ago we were thinking, okay, they've readjusted their sites to the Music City Bowl now, or the Texas Bowl. Now, getting bowl eligible is not, is no sure thing. I mean, they lose this, they're 3-5. and five. He had to dismiss a yeah. couple of kids from the team this week. I mean, he had to put the freshman quarterback in there last week, got desperate. Um, uh, they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown at South Carolina. Uh, turnover set up a couple more. Gamecock scores. This looks like sort of a dumpster fire there now. So the bad vibes are just vibrating out of there. And I thought Kiffin sort of uh, outcalled uh, uh, Jimbo in that game at Oxford last year. And I think he can do it again. At least Ole Miss has an identity. I mean, Jim, I mean, Kiffin would like to run the ball if he can. And, uh, I, and Jackson Dart, I, I, I think, can get the, the win. 27-19 Ole Miss. But uh, ad- admittedly, though, this is more an anti-A&M vote right now. Okay. Kentucky and Tennessee. This uh, this line was bigger earlier in the week. It has come down a bit. Tennessee a 12-point favorite. We know what that Tennessee offense is capable of, right? They can put up big numbers and they can do it in a hurry. But we also know that Kentucky is going to try and play this game at a, at a different pace. Sounds like Will Levis is closer to healthy. Chris Rodriguez has been playing really well. Kentucky coming off an open date, uh, uh, not necessarily upset alert, but are, are we liking the points? I think so, Rich, and I think you mentioned that bye week. I think it came along at a very good time for Will Levis. Um, in that turf toe, you know, those things are bad, but he did play two weeks ago, um, and they mm-hmm. beat Mississippi State, and um, he had another week off, so that's got to help him there. You mentioned Rodriguez. You know, he was out all of September with the suspension, so... They really haven't had all hands on deck and healthy, uh, and, and I'm assuming Levis is closer to healthy this week uh, all season. They also did fi- they won a game in Knoxville two years ago. That was the first time since Jerry Claiborne was there that they won a game in Knoxville. Hmm. Now it was still in Peru. It was there, different Tennessee, but at least that psychological barrier is broken. Uh, last year, this game in Lexington, Heupel had already gotten that Tennessee offense up to speed uh, with Hooker. And it was a desperate back. They were actually a slight underdog in Lexington, 45-42, Tennessee won. It wasn't easy. I don't think this is going to be easy. We're going to, we're going to see what, what Tennessee now, I know Hooker, Hooker might win the Heisman and all that. Beating Alabama is one thing, uh, and that's great. But if you're going to live in the penthouse, especially in the SEC, these games keep coming at you. This one, then they got Georgia next week. I mean, you got to bring this every week uh, when you got a target on your back, and it might not be that easy. Uh, 34-27 Tennessee, I think they win it. I don't think they cover it. Stoops has been a pretty good uh, dog the past few years, and I think Ken, uh, the Kentucky keeps this one interesting. Got those all-black uniforms for the Vols. Another packed house coming up at Neyland Stadium. That one will be a fun scene to watch. Bruce, before we finish up, tell everybody where they can uh, can get your picks if they are inclined to do so. Thanks, sir, Rich. Check us out online, goldsheet.com, all the football stuff up there. And basketball. We're writing up in uh, NBA games now for the basketball gold sheet. Heck, in a couple of weeks, we've got college hoops. Can you believe that? Uh, goldsheet.com. Yeah. My picks there are also vegasinsider.com. G- give me one more that uh, that I can scratch an itch with. One, one more game that you like in 30 seconds before we wrap up. Total under Georgia Tech at Florida State. Sims, the Georgia Tech quarterback, is out. By the way, he will transfer, I think. If he wants to next year in the portal, he'll mm-hmm. land somewhere and he'll be good. The backup, Gibson, really struggled last week. They aren't scoring points. Florida State is not all that dynamic. The total's 47.5. That's too high. Georgia Tech's been going under. This one goes under in Tallahassee tomorrow. 
under the 47 and a half and 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff for that game on the ACC Network. Bruce, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Rich. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. We'll be right back. Mississippi, here's more Super Talk Mississippi. The laggy war hymn for you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Bruce joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part every day by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Be sure to check out the Collegiate Collection. Whether you're looking for Ole Miss gear, Mississippi State gear, Southern Miss gear, or several of the other teams that they've got available, you can find them online at genteelapparel.com. And, of course, at uh, men's specialty stores all throughout the state of Mississippi and the southeast. Borky, what do you say we get to uh, our favorite thing? Two questions. Yeah, we're way behind, but that's okay. Ole Miss absolutely must do what if they're going to win the game in College Station tomorrow? Hey, Dad, you want to go first? Sure. But it's kind of a uh, an if-then statement for me because I need to know if... Jimbo Fisher is going to do the right thing and hand the ball off to, to Devon Shane as much as he possibly can. If he does, Ole Miss has to stop him. That is, that's it. A&M can't beat you any other way. They're not going to beat you throwing the ball. They're not going to beat you with mismatches. They're going to beat you by lining up and running the football. So if A&M runs the ball, Ole Miss must stop the run. Borky, I think Ole Miss absolutely must start fast. It's something that we've talked about a couple of times. It's something that they've done well. It hasn't necessarily that blowout is coming. In fact, it's been anything but that. We saw and we talked about it earlier today. Kentucky come back from an early deficit, make it a tight game. Auburn come back from an early deficit, kind of stay in it throughout. And then LSU, after trailing 17-3, to uh, they went, what, 42-3 to the rest of the game. It was not close the rest of the way. But it feels like, what did you say earlier? Uh, the the quit the the quit quit something. I forgot the quit. Yeah, whatever. I thought it was catchy when you said it, but I don't remember what it was. So the quit factor does feel like it might be in play for Texas A and M. Rebels need to start fast and really come out and punch the Aggies in the mouth if possible. Uh, so I was going to say something similar about H and I, I think that he, he's the only way that uh, that they can beat you. Uh, so I'll change mine. They can't hit that wall. Whatever that wall is that they just crash into offensively, it can't happen this week. Uh, find a way to, uh, like we said before, it's a team that, albeit talented, and they have flashed that at times, is very bad against the run statistically. This is the best rushing offense that they've seen so far this year. So maybe that helps them get past this wall. But uh, they, whatever it is, they have to do it also I expect A&M to, to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and kind of force the ball into Jackson Dart's hands vertically. 
And while he looks like he's getting better on a weekly basis, doing really nice things, the road environment didn't really rattle him last week, there's Mm -hmm. still times where he has missed the back-breaking deep ball. It happened last week, uh, a long pass to Mingo that would have really helped them at that time. A&M might give that to you, and if they do, you have to capitalize on that. Hit the deep ball because I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive. So don't hit that offensive wall. You've got the best game plans in America for the first quarter. Somehow find a way to continue that momentum beyond just the opening 15 minutes of the game. All right, since you make the rules, I'm going to adjust. They must, Ole Miss absolutely must avoid the wall. Yeah. There not they can't hit it because can't's coming up now. Yeah. So what can they not do? <laughs> For, for me, I, I'm actually going to swerve a little bit on what you guys said about A-Chain. I think he's going to get some, right? He's a good running back, and he's going to – Ole Miss has shown over the last couple of weeks that good running backs can can have some success. Ole Miss cannot allow Texas A&M to be multidimensional offensively because they haven't been all season long. Whether it's Haynes King or Connor Wegman, you, you can't let the quarterback – hand it off, have success in the run game, and, oh, by the way, feel comfortable in the passing game. And if that means you got to go to four down linemen, if that means you got to bring blitz pressure from places that you haven't shown it so far this season, so be it. Ole Miss cannot allow Texas A&M to do multiple things well offensively. Yeah, it can't be conservative on defense. Last week, uh, it, upon rewatch, also it looked like they were a little bit afraid of getting beat vertically. Uh, they, they played soft cushions on the outside. Got to be aggressive this week. Uh, whether it's Haynes King or whether it's the freshman, doesn't matter. You are either playing a quarterback that you know is limited uh, and that also has a hurt throwing shoulder or a freshman, true freshman, making his first start. And you got to stack the box anyway to make sure H-Ching doesn't beat you. Be aggressive. Bring pressure. Stack the box. And make them beat you vertically because they have proven that they can't do it to other people. Anyway, so be aggressive. Uh, we were sold this offseason on the, the aggressiveness of Ole Miss's defense. They played conservatively last week, played mm-hmm. out of fear. Don't do that this week. You think it's because they were scared of what Jaden Daniels could do? But Jaden Daniels did anyway? Him and also the set of wide receivers, a combination yeah. of both for, for sure. Probably but three NFL wide receivers down the line on this LSU team that we saw last week. You don't have that this week. Pin your ears back and go. Hey, Dad, abs- Ole Miss absolutely cannot do what? Allow uh, Texas A&M to pressure Jackson Dart the way LSU did. LSU's defense is better than A&M's, but they are still good. They've got talent there. Got to protect your quarterback. Offensive line's got to be better. I agree with that. Those are your two questions. Five o'clock hour is coming up. That means the college football fix. We will make our picks. That then means a food Friday presented by Polks. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Weekend 
Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and Supertalk, well, your Supertalk radio stations. How many of you are listening right now? Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort. Home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, not one but two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Maybe a little wet this weekend in the Magnolia State. If you get a window, you can still go play golf, and certainly it's going to be nice next week. Great temperatures, great time of the year to be playing golf. You can go online to DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your tee time or plan your trip. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? Love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Visit ceasefire.com slash business. What do you say we make some picks today for the college football fix? The College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can even check out the uh, 2023 Super Duty, the F-250. Redesigned, updated, fantastic-looking truck. F-Series is the best-selling trucks in America for 45 straight years. All right, boys. We got five SEC games to pick. We heard yesterday from Lee Sterling. We heard today from Bruce Marshall. We've talked about, to some degree, all five of these games throughout the course of the week, so we should be ready to go. Brian Haydad, you have um, you, you, you've been on a bit of a heater, right, with your picks? Did you take a step back last I had, week? I didn't have, didn't have a great week last week. Okay. My guess is you're leading the overall standings. I don't even think I'm eligible at this point. Michael Borky had a really good run early. I've missed several Fridays. So let's give Borky the honors. Arkansas is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Auburn Tigers. What a weird, weird line this is. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, Arkansas should win this game going away, right? They mm-hmm. should, but why don't the experts think they will? I don't know, but I do know that one team is better at quarterback. I know one team is comparable at running back. And I know one team is not going through some emotional turmoil and having the transfer don't thing and knowing their coach is getting fired and all that. And they're rested. Auburn is too. But Jefferson had another week where he wasn't taking hits. Body appears to be okay. I'll go quarterback and more inspired, more structured football team, even on the road, giving three and a half points. Weird line, but whatever. Okay. Borky, laying the points at the Razorbacks. Brian Haydad? Yeah, I'll keep it pretty short. I mean, even if you think this line is weird, I think Arkansas is going to win by at least a touchdown. I mean, they may be a close game. Auburn may be able to scrap with them for a while. But, I mean, at the end of the day, a, a touchdown is going to cover this for me. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Arkansas and give you the points. I'm going to fade you guys. I've looked at this one all week long and thought it was strange. Couldn't figure out why the line is what it is. But we have seen that Vegas sometimes knows things that we don't. 
Bruce Marshall does this for a living. He called for the outright upset, wrong team favored, live dog. I have no idea why I am doing this, but I'm going to take Auburn plus the three and a half at home with an 11 a.m. kickoff, and we'll just see what happens. World's largest outdoor cocktail party. Borky's got 22 and a half written down. This line has moved another point. It is now a 23 and a half point line. Georgia favored over the Florida Gators. It is the largest point spread differential in the history of this series. Hey, Dad, why don't you go first on this one? I, I, I thought Georgia was going to cover the whole way. They're just so much better. And now the passing of Vince Dooley, I mean, it's just just written in the stars at this point. Georgia dominates this game. It could be something like a 42-10 to 10 kind of game. Uh, I'll take the, the Bulldogs. I'll give you the points. Borky, you want to go next or you want me to? I might get a little interesting early. One thing that cracks me up sometimes is fans forget that the other teams also have coaches <laughs> that, that are smart, good football minds, also have players that belong in the SEC and analysts and film study and practice and all that. I don't think Georgia's going to just walk into this game with ease like Billy Madison in the dodgeball scene and just beat up on them like they're toddlers, right? <laughs> but I do think they will pull away and cover late. I thought Lee Sterling made a couple of really good points when looking at um, when looking at Florida and, and covering big spreads, right? But it was kind of a backdoor cover in that game against Tennessee. Uh, against a Tennessee defense that just couldn't do anything. I, I'm going to lay the points. Uh, 41-17 is a cover when we're talking about 23-and-a-half. 44-10 is obviously a comfortable cover. I'll lay the points. I think this Georgia team has shifted it into a different gear. I think they have uh, have set their sights on finishing the season strong and not playing sloppy the way they did early on. I'll lay the big number and take Georgia. Missouri is at South Carolina. South Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I do not have any any real faith in South Carolina's offense, but I do have faith in the direction of the program under Shane Beamer, and I have no faith in Missouri. Now, this could be one of those weird ones where we look up on Monday and be like, how did that happen? I don't think we're going to do that. I'll take South Carolina to win and cover. I think they're at least a touchdown winner in this ball game, maybe more than that. Who's yeah, again, it's go, just the, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, Dad. Yeah. It's just the same situation. You just said it right there. Could be a weird line. Could be a close game. But at the end of the day, I think South Carolina wins by at least a touchdown. So, yes, same thing as, as the Arkansas game. I will, I'm, I'm in a giving mood this week. I will give the points again. Regardless of opponent, Missouri plays close games. I mean, they, they had Georgia beat but lost, Had should have won the Florida game, beat Vanderbilt but barely. Another close one. Three and a half is not enough. I can see this game being weird. Talked all week. South Carolina plays hard for their guy, but they're lacking in a lot of spots, especially at quarterback. Well, so is Missouri. So close game, weird game, probably uh, you know not fun to watch. Could be a really ugly football game. That's close, but not... Th- under three and a half close. Like 20 to 12. Yeah, something like that. Just gross, ugly football that only a mother could love, you know? Yeah. Oh, let's make it really weird. 19 to 12. Yeah, but that's still a cover. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kentucky in Knoxville. 
black uniforms, Halloween weekend, packed house. Does Tennessee get caught at all looking ahead to what is a massive game against Georgia, or do they stay in the moment? Tennessee laying 12 at home. Hey, Dad, you're first. Yeah, everybody's, you know, seems to be on this 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 kick of oh Kentucky can keep it close and everything and I'm just I watched Tennessee blow LSU off the face of the earth. They put up 52 points on Alabama. Uh they're just rolling right now. They're hot. Maybe next week it stops when they play Georgia, but not this week. I, I'm I'm going to keep the 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 given going. This charitable Brian Haydad, I will give you those points. I'm taking Tennessee. Porky, Tennessee laying 12 at home against the Cats. Levis getting a little healthier. Rodriguez running it. Is this a speed bump? Uh, for a little while. I think Kentucky's style and, and how well coached they are will keep this game close for a while. But I got a really good kick out of a graphic last night uh, during college football talking about this game where they said uh, Levis and Hooker combined for six interceptions. Uh, technically, uh, five of those belong to Will Levis. So he's—I mean, I guess that's true. But he's a little bit turnover prone uh, with fumbling, not just interceptions. That's not a high total, but gives the football away in basically every game he's ever played in. I think it's going to be close for a while. I think Kentucky's going to really slow the game down and muddy it down a little bit. But he's going to make a key mistake, and that will be the difference between a cover and a non-cover for Tennessee. They score late and uh, and win this game by more than twelve. I'm struggling here. I agree with everything you just said. But I also know that Will Levis has got a big arm. Kentucky offensive line has played a little bit better. Everybody talks about Barry and Brown, but Kentucky's got three downfield threats at wide receiver, and Chris Rodriguez is running the ball well. But is that Kentucky defense going to stop Tennessee? Are they going to slow Tennessee down? I'm so, you know what? Yes, they are. Kentucky plus the 12. Tennessee's winning. Maybe a backdoor cover for Kentucky. I feel terrible about this pick, but whatever. We got time to do Ole Miss and A&M, or do we need to do that later? We'll do it later. We'll do that one in the final segment of the show. Ole Miss and Texas A&M. We will wrap that one up with a pick when we come back. A Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat. Yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. now. This weekend, they get to sit home and prop up their feet and take the weekend off and then have four straight to close it out with Auburn and Georgia and East Tennessee State at home. And then they head to Oxford the final weekend of the regular season. That's the Thursday night Egg Bowl matchup that Michael Borky is so excited about in terms of day that the game is going to be played. He just can't wait. I think we're all looking forward to the Egg Bowl, but maybe. 
I'm being a little facetious about Michael Borky and so let's good Thanksgiving. Ruin day. a holiday, why don't we? Yeah. Just come eat, come eat Thanksgiving with us, Borky. No, we, I would we like got plenty to, of room. I would like to be with my family on that day. Okay. Bring them. No. At this point, from what Richard's telling me, there's 40 people. No. What's three more? I think it's more like 30, but we'll see. Uh, What's three more? Hopefully weather's speaking good. Of, speaking of Thanksgiving, yeah, no kidding. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to set up outside. <laughs> Otherwise, it may be a little cramped. Uh, you know what time it is. 20 minutes after 5 on a Friday afternoon, it is time for a Food Friday presented by Polk's and Polk's Meat. Polk'sMeat.com. You can see all of their offerings. But here's the thing. When you go to the grocery store, look for the Polk's Meat products label. It's that yellow label with the blue writing on it, Polk's in big letters on there. Whether you're looking for smoked sausage or ham or uh, you can do the cocktail smokies, whatever it is you're looking for, they've got you covered. And if you can't find Polk's Meat products at your local grocery store, find the manager of the meat department and say, hey, Hey, we, we need to we need to rectify this. We're talking about a Mississippi company. It's a fantastic product. It will sell. And oh, by the way, picky people pick polks. So with that, we roll into our weekend cooking plans. Hey, Dad, you have the weekend off. I need to know what's going on the grill. I'm making Cuban sandwiches this week, so I've got a pork okay. butt at the house. Yeah, that I've already. Uh, that I've already deboned and uh, cut into big chunks. It's marinating right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'll put some smoke on it, and then I'll wrap it up in a, a foil tray with some chicken stock and some beer and some orange and lime juice and some seasonings. Let that get rice and tender, and then we'll make the sandwiches uh, from there. Is that in the oven, or do you put that on the grill to cook in that? I'll leave it on the grill. Okay. And, just and you said, temperature you said there, chunks. So, so you'll do that as more of like a chunky sandwich as opposed to like sliced pork? Oh, it'll be pulled you do it as when pulled. it's done. Okay, it'll, it'll be pulled when yeah. it's all said and done. Okay. Yeah, it braises in that liquid and gets super tender. You're going to put a pickle on the sandwich? I am not, but my wife and kids probably will. Because a Cuban usually has a pickle on it, doesn't it? Well, I got some jalapenos to cover the, the pickly uh, part of it. Okay, okay. Ooh, that's a little heat there. All right, what are the sides that are, we're, we're doing with um, with the uh, the Cuban sandwiches? Chips, just some French fries. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Fries, fancy. Yeah, French fries. Potato salad. No French fries. I say it. French fries. I'm just wondering what else was there. All right, what, what what's uh, what's nah, meal nah. time? Is this like a, a Saturday afternoon meal? Is it Saturday night? Is it Sunday? What are we doing? Oh, uh, we should be eating about the time the uh, Rebels kick off. I would think. Okay. So about a, about a, about a six thirty dinner time tomorrow night. Yeah, some of that. You throw a little sausage. Got to finish before it gets too? dark, you know. Yeah, I might. I might have some. We'll add a little. Add a little sausage. Yeah. All right, Bork. Every time, Borky, you had big plans for a Halloween party this weekend. You said there were sick kids. Nah, it got the weather canceled. wasn't necessarily cooperating. Halloween party can- canceled. Therefore, I see plenty of time to cook in your uh, your weekend. Yeah, canceled yes. like Kanye. Although he uh, his reason was hey, a little yo. bit worse than this one. No, so I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration because the weather is uh, really really stinky 
uh, tomorrow. Unfortunately for game day and all that, it's just going to be rainy and, and kind of cold. And uh, so, I like being prepared for this show. It's something that I value. Uh, I'm not prepared for this segment, though. I have no idea what I'm going to cook. I, I'm afraid to do anything on Sunday because I'll, I'm going to have to watch the Saints play, so it'll come right back up watching them. So I, I don't know if I should wait till Sunday night or, or what. But I'll probably end up doing I, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Italian subs. Uh, and, and the grocery store by my house sells Italian bread that they make, like, way too big. I mean, huge. And, and so I will probably... Uh, do that because it's really easy and you just pop it in the oven for a little while you get the three meats get some peppers um, you know char the peppers a little bit a little italian dressing boom easy sandwich on a gigantic piece of bread is probably what i'll end up doing hoping it stays down watching the saints play there we go there we go all right let's go to the uh, let's go to the ceasefire text line i'm clearly not at home right now so it's uh if if there's cooking at the uh, at the cross hacienda, it's going to be on Sunday, which I have uh, really started to embrace. We've got I think we've got a little neighborhood Halloween thing though that we're supposed to do on uh, on Sunday night. So probably just going to do a big sausage and cheese plate and take that. I've got two packages of uh, of pork smoked sausage that are in the refrigerator right now. So Sunday afternoon, I'll fire up the grill. And get those ready to go, and do a big sausage and cheese plate to uh, take for the, uh, uh, assuming the weather cooperates for the uh, neighborhood Halloween thing. So, let's go. Let's go to the ceasefire text line. Started Thanksgiving early. Spiral ham, mashed potatoes, and green bean casserole of corks, polks, sausage, and cheese as an appetizer. I love that. Is that like a like a Sunday lunch meal, or that's just you're doing it on Saturday and kind of going home style? Hmm. Sounds good. Dale in the Delta says he's going to do a Mississippi roast. Seems like a perfect day for it tomorrow with the rain. Yeah, that's a good call. Crockpot for that? Is that or, or we're talking about a different I mean, way to do it? You can do it on the grill. You can do it on the smoker. Okay. Uh, here's one. Doing brisket. Ooh. You, you guys sign on for brisket is difficult, right? To make it a is. really good one, it's hard to do. I mean, I, I've been to good barbecue places that still just didn't get it quite right. It's tough. Eddie and Grenada. Brisket, marinated overnight, slaw, potato salad, cowboy baked beans, corn pudding, and finishing it off with homemade peanut butter cookies. I mean, Eddie, that's all good Eddie, stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Eddie, I don't know what else you're doing this weekend, but you're doing that right. That is big time. Big time. Uh, been waiting all year for a night game to make chili with smoked chuck roast, wings on the grill, and yes, cocktail weenies in the crock pot. Beautiful. A good chili weekend. Cody. Let's see here. Jimmy Seaside Burgers and Wings. Best cheeseburger in North Mississippi, hands down. Getting that for my crew since we are working this weekend. Okay. So he's doing carry-out burgers and wings. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Baby backs on the spigot next to the campfire, slow roasted. Man. 
Yeah. Debbie in Ocean Springs going with the homemade veggie and meat pizzas on the big green egg with a slice of rum cake. She said it looks plain, but it is full of rum and butter flavor. Uh, Debbie, I will tell you that rum cake is one of my favorite desserts. My wife makes an absolutely spectacular rum cake. So I am fully on board with the rum cake there for dessert. Uh, what is this? Mexanese? Steak chimichanga, chimichanga on shrimp fried rice. Uh, and then the usual side, sour cream, lettuce, no beans. <laughs> That's from uh, from JD. All right. Let's see here. Dale in the Delta wants to know if anybody else gets uncomfortable when I say sausage. No, Dale, it's just you. That's uh, no, not just ooh, you, good. Big pot of red beans and rice with sausage and bacon cooked for six hours, plus fried mushrooms and shrimp on the side. Got to wait till Monday wow. for that. A lot going on there. What? Halloween's a red beans and rice guy? No, Mondays. Huh? It, Monday is for red beans and rice. You've never heard wait, that? What? The, the, the reason that that was um, back in the day... In, in, in New, New Orleans, Orleans in in that culture, Monday was was clean the house day, and so you could set a pot of red beans out because they had to they have to cook for a while while you were doing laundry and, and cleaning the house. So Monday was always red beans day because you could cook it while doing other things. So that that's it's tradition forever. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Do you see these pictures, guys, that Derek has sent us? There's a big cooking competition in Grenada, and he is loaded down. Everything's ready to go on the grill. That's your Food Friday presented by Polks and PolksMeat.com. Enjoy your weekend. Remember that picky people pick Polks. When you go to the grocery store, be sure that you pick Polks as well. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. afternoon with you. About a half an hour left. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. you got college football on television right now. A little Ivy League action on a Friday night. Good uniform matchup with Yale and Columbia. Did you know that Columbia's field was named after the owner of the New England Patriots, Robert K. Kraft Field? We got uh, we got Columbia in the all navy uniforms, trimmed with the Carolina blue, and Yale in uh, all white, with the big Y on the side of the white helmet. That's a, yeah, a good uniform matchup. Just so you know, if you're into some Ivy League football tonight, that's uh, that is there for the taking. Couple of um, couple of late submissions for the Food Friday. Kevin in Oxford said that he was. Um, he was doing a shrimp etouffee stuffed chicken on the smoker. It's a lot going on, but that sounds good. Man, shrimp etouffee stuffed chicken. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chris in Summit said he caught some crappie today. They are frying it up with all the fixings. And we got one. Uh, this is from uh, Effie, I believe, who says, uh, Big old butt smoked with pecan wood. Beautiful. And there was also a suggestion. Somebody's going to hook you up with some rum cake there. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, Debbie and Dorsey says the nuns at the Carmelite Monastery in South Jackson make the best rum cake ever. Usually available during the Christmas holidays, but don't wait too late to get one because they sell out. Okay. I was today years old when I learned there was a monastery in South Jackson. Yeah. Okay. That makes you and me, that makes two of us. I'm trying to figure out why there would be nuns at a monastery. Monasteries are where monks live. A convent is where sisters live. Maybe meant the convent. Maybe so. I just want to be Um, sure. Let's not rush ourselves on the Ole Miss-Texas A&M pick. We don't have to wait until the end of the show to do that. That was the one that we were missing in our picks. So Ole Miss is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That line has moved down a little bit during the week. It it really had kind of settled, or it felt like it had settled at two-and-a-half and and it stayed there all week long. There's a point movement on that game. So Ole Miss now favored by one-and-a-half. We've talked a lot about this game throughout the course of the week. Hey, now I'll give you the honors. Why don't you go first on this one? Just strictly from a betting standpoint, Ole Miss is 3-5 and against the spread this year. And they're, they'd be two and six if Kiffin doesn't punch in an absolute last-second touchdown against Vanderbilt. And you know, it's sort of the same thing we were talking about last week a little bit. In that, this is a seven and one team playing a three and four team. Why is the a funny line? Here's another one. So, I didn't take the funny line bait on uh, Auburn, Arkansas. I didn't take the funny line bait on South Carolina. Uh, Missouri, I will take it here. I will take the Aggies, and I will uh, take those points. Mm. Mm. And the Mississippi Rebels fans rejoice because Haydad picked against them. Don't ever say I didn't do anything for you. Dancing in the streets that Haydad I do more for Ole Miss than any other Mississippi State person ever. Hey, by the way, your point about he would have been 2-6 and if he hadn't punched it in against Vanderbilt? He also would be yeah. four and four against the spread if he had punched it in against Auburn at the end. It's true. Kind of felt bad for Brian Harson. <laughs> well, you should but, at this point. Eh, it didn't cover. What do you think, Bort? Ole Miss one and a half point favorite. You say you do the most. Uh, there's there's somebody else that saved the school sixteen million dollars. So until you do that, I, I guess you're uh, you're only second place. But um, speaking of, we'll get to that story coming up next. Well, one of these two schools is one uh, losing games. One of them, has Haydad pointed out, the records are what they are, maybe for various reasons. But if I picked against Ole Miss and they go out and win the game, wouldn't you feel kind of silly knowing what Texas A&M is currently going through? Possibly their third quarterback, three starting offensive linemen out. Not particularly good anyway, but there's locker room strife and turmoil. And a hundred and second ranked rush defense, and then you've got Ole Miss that is better at quarterback, is going to be at full strength at running back. It, it just feels like everything is pointing to Ole Miss winning this game. Now, there's a reason the lines where it is, I suppose. And if they don't, 
that is a uh, a sign that things are about to derail rather quickly. But everything that you can think of points to Ole Miss winning this game, right? At least it should be. Quarterback play, coaching, current culture, running game, all that. So because of that, I, I don't want to overthink myself here. So, so same rationale you use in the Arkansas-Auburn game. Yeah. You think one team is better than the other, and so you're picking the team that's better in a small spread game. Yeah. I mean, you've got, with Auburn, you've got Harson's going to get fired, players are hitting the portal. With A&M, you've got injuries, you've got third quarterback, you've got players smoking weed in the locker room. You Allegedly. Nobody's denied it, so, eh, come sue me, whatever. <laughs> They're doing what? Hmm. Hmm. I'm taking Ole Miss. Marijuana. I'm taking the Rebels. And I'm taking the Rebels because I think it matters so much. Not that I picked Ole Miss. That makes no difference one way or the other. We started the week with this conversation, and I think it's important to come back to it. If Ole Miss loses this game, it sets up for a potential disastrous skid at the end of the year. If Ole Miss wins this game, I think 10-2 and two is still very much in play. And I know the outcome of one game isn't supposed to necessarily affect the outcome of another game, but I don't think mentally it's a good thing to lose two in a row against teams that, you know, when, when you're ranked top 10, top 15. Uh, I think Ole Miss needs to win this game, and I think they figure out a way to get it done tomorrow night. So I will, uh, I will lay the points, take Ole Miss, and uh, I, I think when it's all said and done, they end up winning the game by ten to fourteen. We will, uh, we will see. Hey, a couple of notes on the ceasefire text line: the Carmelite Monastery is correct, and there are nuns. John and Meridian says Carmelite nuns, wonderful place, beautiful place. Go check it out sometimes. There's another that says, FYI, the nuns are there. Go see for yourselves. They have a great gift shop also. And also, we get this. Nuns are at monasteries. They do the womanly duties without getting too politically incorrect about it. And they also deal with women parishioners. So, we learned something today. We learned two things today, hey, Dad. One, that there's a monastery in South Jackson. And two, that there are nuns there. Would never. I, you would think me, thirteen years of Catholic school, would have known all this, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Rudy, lacks Catholic. But I went to school. I went. What did you? I took the classes. Maybe you didn't pay attention all that much. I got A's in theology every year. Good for you. Good for you. That's right. All right, Borky. So we get news out of Lynchburg, Virginia, that some people think means something other than what it actually means. Yeah. So it was announced. Uh, interesting timing, uh, of course, that uh, that Hugh Freeze has agreed to a pretty fat contract. It will be once Luke Fickle in Cincinnati joined the Big Twelve, the biggest Group of Five contract in America. Eight years, just under five million per year. You do the math: forty million dollars, fully guaranteed, offered to Hugh Freeze. Now, there's a couple things that I think people need to pay attention to with this, because the immediate reaction was, 
Well, I guess he found out he wasn't getting the Auburn job. Well, use your head. Auburn still has yet to hire an AD, number one, and that job's not open yet. So they can't, they're not offering it to anybody. But number two, it's one of two things that, that's fishy here. It's either it hasn't been signed yet because they keep using the term agreed to or things like that. Or the buyout, if he were to leave, is tiny. In front of the program, Ross Dellinger said, the buyout is not a deterrent for an SEC school located in the state of Alabama should they want to hire him. So this is just a PR contract yeah. and nothing more. Barrett Salee wrote in the in the headline to his story as well, Freeze's new deal will pay him $40 million through 2030, though he reportedly has a Power 5-friendly buyout. Look, it always gets weird when we talk about Hugh Freeze. It, it just does. People, it's a, it's a polarizing topic. Here's what I'll say, and I'll stand by this. He's a good football coach, and good for him. Regardless of whether he gets an SEC job or not, he's at a place where he can win. Lynchburg is a lovely city, and he's guaranteed now $40 million over the next eight years. Good for him. That is that is a great life, even if he never coaches another down in the SEC or the ACC or anywhere else. So good for him. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will put a bow on this edition of the show and carry you into the weekend coming up next. Got the gold fishing down the rock bottom again. Just a few friends. Just a few Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. time with you on this Friday afternoon Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV this is pretty cool so you know you've got fall baseball scrimmages that can happen between schools do you guys know that Florida and Georgia are playing a scrimmage tonight in Jacksonville and that's really cool what? isn't it say it again Florida and Georgia baseball are oh. playing a scrimmage against each other tonight in Jacksonville as a little bit of a lead-in to Georgia and Florida playing each other in football tomorrow. Yeah, State did that last week with Alabama. They played at Alabama Friday. Yeah. No, I was just saying, it was kind of cool that Florida and Georgia were playing each other leading up to the cocktail party in Jacksonville, yeah. no less. So Maybe that'll be more competitive <laughs> than, than the game itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is very page six slash TMZ of us. Does Tom Brady's play change at all now that the divorce thing is done? Does he start playing better for Tampa Bay down the stretch? They lose again last night. Just because the papers have been filed, I, I don't know if that, that takes away the stress of the situation. Um, he should have stayed retired. And, and it has nothing to do with there, – there, what's cracked me up today are there There are a lot of people in our business 
uh, some basement dwelling unmarried weirdos that are giving Brady marriage advice, and I find that bizarre. Um, what what kind of advice are they offering? Uh, Brady made the right move. Your wife should never tell you what to do. Back on 106.3, the animal. Like those guys. I mean, are you kidding me, guy? <laughs> <laughs> Rip the knob off. Yeah. I, I mean, his, he's 45. But on top of it all, he's 45 years old. He looks skinny. He looks unhealthy. And maybe a lot of that has to do with, with the mental toll that getting divorced and dealing with that takes on a person. At 45, you got to start eating red meat again. You can't You can't just live on avocados. you got to get some protein. You know, father time catches up to everybody, right? We, we all age. Every single so one of us. So is not eating meat. Yeah, and he, he looks on top of, you know, mentally distracted, understandably so. He looks unhealthy. Hey, Dad doesn't look a day older than he did when he started this program with us. Look exactly the same. I had somebody hey, tell me the other day. I, I I don't know what what the conversation was, but they I they told me they thought I was like thirty four, and I was just like, man, I wish. You are awesome. Thanks. Hey, the World Series begins yeah. tonight. Phillies and Astros game one from Houston. The Astros are a pretty significant betting favorite. Sure, as soon as Haydad gets has, done with the show here, he's going to run home and park in front of the TV so he can watch every pitch. Has Mattress Mac made his uh, bet on this one yet? That's $25 million on somebody yet? Yeah, no, it's it's massive. He stands to win like, oh, what is it? I saw the Darren Rovell report earlier this week. Like a staggering number this time. Mattress, Mac, Astros bet. What is it? He stands to win $75 million. Speaking of marriage advice, uh, for you single guys and girls out there, find somebody that loves you the way Darren Rovell loves Mattress Mac. Good luck. That kind of, uh, that kind of devotion is hard to find. Told ESPN he put $10 million on the Astros, splitting the bet across different platforms, including a million with WinBet, $3 million with Caesars, the odds of winning are roughly plus 750 across the sports betting apps, meaning that if McInvale is right, he could win a combined $75 million. The dateline on this store, that's today. I mean, that, that had to have been a futures bet, right? Yeah, had to have been. Yeah, so he would have put that down a long time ago. And then I'm sure, look, his loss is probably a write-off because it's a marketing expense, and he also uses that to hedge against the massive sales that he does. You know, if you buy a mattress... And the Astros win the yeah. World Series, you get it for free or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, you know, jokes aside, when when that hurricane hit Houston, and there was a, another famous person that had a gigantic facility that wouldn't open it, maybe it was just for pub, and maybe he's so rich that it doesn't matter. But the fact that he opened up his stores and let people sleep on the beds that he were intended for for sale was a pretty cool thing. So it's kind of goofy with the betting and all that, but ever since then I thought, all right, this guy's all right because he let strangers off the streets come into his stores and sleep on his inventory, basically ruining it, and yeah. just let it happen because that's the right thing to do. Always liked him after that. 
Very, very cool. You got college game day at Jackson State tomorrow morning. It starts at 8 o'clock on ESPN. If you're planning on going, probably want to carry a rain jacket if you haven't looked at the forecast. Doesn't look great. Might hold off to a little bit later in the day. So we will see on that. No, it's going to be a cool scene and uh, can't wait to check that out in the morning. You got college football on television tonight. You have got high school football coming up next right here on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's the high, or on Super Talk Mississippi. It's the high school football preview show hosted by Will East and then the Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show coming up tonight at 10 until 11.30. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.